Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're now going to take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all things sports. March Madness, the Masters, and Major League opening day are right around the corner. Bet Online has you covered for all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. The best part, when you sign up, you receive 50% welcome bonus. The Wilder Fury rematch goes down this Saturday night. We can't think of a better way to wager on that fight than doing it with actual free money. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to revive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed up. It's super easy, and if you're already into betting, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word when you sign up at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. BlueWire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate Sunday Scaries Podcast, brought to you by Bet Online and Untuck It. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined by my brother, out in Chicago, after our two-week hiatus here. Tyler Darwick. Tyler, feels good to be back. Yeah, good to be back on the airways with you. We got conference tourney season has begun already with some of the smaller conferences we'll talk about the big 10 tournament at the tail end of the podcast but march madness is fully heating up and i'm pumped about it Mm -hmm. and while we were gone a few things happened um obviously 
the Lakers have had a, a massive weekend. I use roller coasters continued, but also, which we haven't discussed on air, uh, we have rumors of our quarterback, uh, Jimmy G, being sent to New England for Tom Brady, um, which I know when I read that story and I continue seeing content about it, uh, I get more and more mad slashed, this can't be real. Like, there's just... There's just no way. It's clickbait. I'm buying it. I'm clicking the articles. Um, but what world would the 49ers do this? I don't know what world they are going to do that. It's it's just to get attention, create storylines around Brady's free agency, which, I mean, is a huge story if he was to leave New England. I'm not, I'm not sure it's going to happen. Obviously, Tennessee has been rumored, but essentially, if they sign him, they would give up the chance to re-sign Derrick Henry, which I don't see them doing. The Raiders, maybe, but I don't know why Brady would want to go there. So they're just creating storylines. Um, I try not to think about football anymore, get triggered <laughs> by it. So I have, I've, I have stayed away for the most part, but there were a couple headlines I saw last week that got me a little triggered. Yeah, yeah, and uh, George Kittle posted the Instagram with Jimmy G saying something along the lines of ready to run it back. So media at media, I don't know if we're considered in the media with this podcast, but just stop, quit it. Um, but Tyler, we had a great guest on today. We had Brad Chabra, co-founder of Prediction Strike, which is a really unique uh, daily fantasy platform that's about a year old. Uh, basically, you can buy into players and it kind of functions like the stock market in the sense that their price goes up uh, basically compared to how they do uh, relative to projections like fantasy projections so it's great having Brad on so we will start with that interview and then on the other side we'll talk some Big Ten uh, college basketball hoops okay and Tyler and I are very excited to welcome on Brad Chabra co-founder of Prediction Strike Brad thanks for joining us tonight hey guys Thanks thanks for having me on of course, of course. Um, so Brad started a pretty cool company here uh, in in the DFS world. That's um, that's innovative. So Brad, I'll let you since you're since you're the co-founder, tell us a little bit about Prediction Strike and where you got the idea. Because I bet a lot of our listeners don't even really know that uh, products like this are out there. Yeah, definitely. So we started Prediction. So me and my co-founder Devin, we started Prediction Strike. Back in about June 2018, so if you'll remember, that was when a lot of the you know, sports betting laws started to change and some of those dominoes started to fall. The, the basic premise of it is that Prediction Strike is a fantasy sports stock exchange on which you know users like you, me, and all your listeners can quote-unquote trade shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. So you take a player like LeBron James, if he's projected to score 40, 40 fantasy points, but instead he scores 50, his stock price goes up. If he scores 30, his stock price goes down. Right, so the shares just move based on whether or not the athlete beats or misses their projections. And like I said, we came up with the idea back in June 2018. And yeah, a lot of that was because we were, you know, just evaluating the DFS space, seeing how these sports gambling laws were going to pan out. But it really came down to something almost as silly as, you know, my co-founder Devin and I talking to each other. You know, we've been friends forever and saying things like, "I just want to put all my money on LeBron." Like. I'm buying all the LeBron stock. You know, you always hear people say Jason Tatum's stock has never been higher, but it's always, you know, figure, figurative. So we just started toying with different ideas, whereas we could make that actually happen. And we came up with this idea, just, you know, it's going to move as if a stock would according to its earnings report. So each game, you know, you, you have a projection, he's going to score 40 points, you know, whatever it might be. And if he beats it, stock goes up, misses, stock goes down. Kind of simple as that. 
Yeah, it's definitely an innovative idea. Are there any kind of direct competitors to Prediction Strike? Or are you guys the only company doing this in the market? Yeah, so I wouldn't say that there are any direct competitors. You know, so if you look around, you'll find some companies that do this more based on a supply demand uh, factor, whereas you know there has to be a buyer and a seller each time, uh, and users are trading user to user. Whereas with Prediction Strike, everything is peer to house, so you'll always have constant liquidity. As soon as you want to sell, you'll be able to. Um, which you know is huge for a lot of reasons. One, that's better for the user. Two, there's a lot less security regulation there, uh, so it's a big win in our book. Um, yeah, there, there's a, f- a number of companies like that you look around, but it either has to do with supply and demand, or it'll also be along the lines of factoring ga- in gambling odds, which for just the average sports fan sometimes gets a little complicated, as you guys might know. Mm-hmm. Uh, familiar with that. Uh, so on prediction track, what what sports do you guys cover? I know NBA, NFL, um, and like for instance, who are the the top price guys? And like what's what's the range there, right? Um, in terms of at the moment, I imagine LeBron and Giannis are some of your most expensive guys. Like how how's that whole process work right now? What's that look like? Sure. So so right now you can trade on NFL and NBA players, and obviously NFL season's over. Uh, stocks move all throughout the season and all through playoffs. Now, you can still buy and sell the players, but their stocks just aren't going to move, you know, except for supply and demand, which is, like, a very small aspect of the of the formula. Um, th- we are going to add new sports. So next year, you know, we want to add UFC, MLB. I mean, the list goes on a lot. We get MLB is probably going to be our top top choice for the next to add, but, you know, the possibilities are endless there. Uh, in terms of who are the most expensive players, off the top of my head, I know for the NFL, Christian McCaffrey is up there with you know anyone else, and a lot of that has to do with maybe you know he's not the MVP, he's not the best player in the league, although you know we certainly could argue that. Um, but he was just blowing through his projections every night. I mean, you guys, you guys probably remember the tear that McCaffrey went on. Uh, in terms of the NBA, LeBron and Giannis probably aren't going to be your most expensive players, and like. But maybe we'll talk about this later when we talk about those championship futures. But they are the best players in the league. But you kind of know what you're getting from them. So buying them is like buying a blue chip stock. So if I buy Apple or Google, you know, I kind of know what I'm getting. They're going to go up. They're going to keep going up. They're going to put on these performances night after night. But if I want to make, you know, 50% on a stock X number of nights in a row, I'm going to have to take a little bit more risk than that. So you'll find players, you know, off the top of my head, I know a couple players on the Warriors. You know, early in the season, they were barely projected to get any playing time. Steph went out. Obviously, Draymond missed some time, and Clay was out the whole season. And these guys just performed a lot better than they than they needed to. Um, so their stocks are going to be way up there. Cool. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you yeah. go ahead, Ty. No, I was just going to ask, you mentioned, you know, Jason Tatum, his stock has obviously gone up as the season's gone on and he continues to improve. Is there a guy you've seen in, you know, maybe the NBA or the NFL who did jump up that high? Maybe it was Tatum or someone else who's, you know, just the way they're playing, it continues to rise. Yeah, Tatum Tatum is one of my favorites. Um, you know, I'm a Knicks fan, so I, I try to hit on the Celtics as much as possible. It doesn't always work all the time, but I've loved watching Jason Tatum this year. And, you know, it's... It's almost tough because from a fan, so even just from a regular fantasy basketball perspective, you know, if, you, if you're drafting Tatum, you have to look around and say, okay, well, Kemba and Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward are going to get a lot of the touches there too. So Jason Tatum, after, especially after last year, wasn't projected to have, you know, this crazy fantasy 
fantasy season, the crazy season that he is. And he just, he's just been getting better and better every night. So especially after the All-Star break, you can look at his stock and, you know, it goes right in line with this, with the narratives that are being written about him as one of the most exciting young players in the league. Mm-hmm. Who's had, like, the biggest uh, year-to-date growth? Uh, we can even just keep it NBA, but um, I imagine, like you said, there's that element where it is, like, a financial security, right? Like, Google's over $1,000, Amazon, these really mm-hmm. pricey stocks. But in terms of the, the ROI, um, as a couple with three people here are finance degrees, who's, uh, who's top of the charts in that sense? <laughs> yeah, uh, I... Off the top of my head, you know, I might be wrong about him being the, the top ROI, but I know John Morant has been insane for people. Everybody who bought John Morant early in the season, you know, I'm getting texts from friends, getting emails from, from new users, like, wow, John Morant up 250% since I bought him. It's like crazy numbers like that. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you guys, I'm sure you guys know what John Morant has been up to. He's playing, he's playing like a, like a five-year vet, right? So mm-hmm. he started out a dollar early in the season, you know, just a rookie. And it takes a while, like, you know, John Moran probably came out in his first five games, and he probably had a couple 30, 40, even 50-night performances. Uh, fantasy point, of course. Um, and you look at the projections, you know, night after night, and those don't really change. No one goes, okay, he's going to keep doing that. And he has all season. So you look at his stock, and you're like, that's one that I'm never selling. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, trading cards, trying to get rookie cards when guys come into the league. And you mentioned Ja coming in as a rookie. You know, he's second pick in the draft. People thought he'd be good, but no one thought he'd be leading his team to the playoffs, which they're currently doing. So I feel like you get in at the ground level there and, you you know, you could see the stock rise. How are you guys kind of marketing prediction strike and getting new users? Obviously, the dent. The f- daily fantasy sports space has FanDuel, DraftKings, more established players. How are you guys trying to get this out there to attract new users? Yeah, so a little little context. I'll step back a little bit. This is actually our first full year of operation. So we ran a closed beta last year, and then we launched it to the public this year. So we only really started marketing this back around, I want to say, November. So we have a couple partnerships. Through the football season, we worked with Roto Underworld. Not sure if you guys heard of them. Um, great fantasy website. And then to date, we're still working with Nick's Film School, which is a you know Nick, Nick's-based newsletter and Twitter account, podcast network, you know, et cetera, et cetera. They've been great. And then we also, we have, actually have a podcast of our own that a few, you know, a few of my really good friends work on. It's called the Daily Dividends Podcast. And we put out a newsletter for the NFL as well. So we have a lot of different channels that we're trying to get these things through. Just kind of seeing what works, you know, like I said, first year operations, running a company, of course, just, you know, trying a lot of different venues and seeing what sticks, what doesn't. Um, everything's worked out pretty well. We find that, you know, people like to talk about this stuff. And since it's new, since it's, you know, not not always the most intuitive thing, people like to give their opinions. So we find that, you know, interacting with people on social media, people start retweeting or, you know, including their friends. We get a lot of referrals through stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. And so, Brad, you're doing this on the side, right? Still, still working full time. How's that life uh, been, right? Tyler and I started the podcast uh, probably about 18 months ago, and just doing that on the side. But taking on an undertaking of starting your own DFS site on the side, like, what's how, how are you hanging in there as an entrepreneur? How's how's all that been? Uh, no, there there are times where it's hard. Uh, I, honestly, I don't I don't complain about it too much. It's you know, my co-founder Devin is one of my best friends. You know, we 
we're constantly on each other about just getting things out, making sure that making sure that we keep moving, don't get too down on anything. I mean, of course, there are some late nights, early mornings, but I mean, at the end of the day, like we know we want this. Like it's not just it's not just something fun we're doing. You know, when we started out, maybe year year and a half, almost two years ago, uh, it was a little bit harder. But now we're like, hey, this works. Like our users really like it. We're growing quick. We can see this like growing to a spot where you know it's way bigger than what we can even imagine right now. So we got to keep up with that. I mean, one of the, one of the, like my favorite stories about when we first started was we didn't want to pay for anything when we first, when we first came out. So we were just getting public data, public fancy data. I was waking up at 5am every morning and just copying, pasting it into a word doc and sending it to Devin who is on the West coast. And then when he would wake up at 5am his time, he would go and he would pop that into our formula, and then the stock prices would update. Uh, that was a pain, but that's what we did all throughout our beta, and the beta went so well. So, like, you know what? This is worth it. Like, whatever. Like, it's not going to get more tedious and annoying than waking up at 5 a.m. to copy and paste things for 45 minutes. So if we can get through that, you know, we can get through the next part, too. Yeah, it's all that's about the grind. grind. Yeah, why, why'd you go into Word doc versus Excel out of curiosity? I meant Excel. I don't know why I said that. Oh, okay. I was, I was like, I was like, how does that work? Uh, but, no, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Tyler, Same note. I cut you Same off. Same Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like that would be a real pain to go from internet to Word doc to Excel. That would be some process. But, um, you I'm, sure you I'm, I'm sure I've done more annoying things when trying to help Devin with some of that stuff. So what can you do? Yeah, and you mentioned you guys want to add more sports going forward. What's kind of the vision for the company in the next year, five years, you know, moving down the line? Okay, so like I said, next so next year, actually, when by the time that we wrap up this NBA season, I mean, we're not going to have any other, any other sports run through the summer. So we'll relaunch in August. So the plan there is we're going to get an app out for Android and iOS and run with that. So Next year, we want to do a lot more marketing, a lot more partnership opportunities, whereas we can really add, you know, a substantial number of users and to a point where this is, this is going to scale and get some meaningful data out of it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I would say five years down the line, I mean, we want to have a lot more sports. We want to have MLB, UFC, golf, whatever, you name it, um, whereas you can buy stocks in any any athlete. And that's what we're that's what we're really excited about from a perspective of, you know, what is this company going to be in the context of sports, of daily fantasy, like of your, you know, greater life? We want Prediction Strike to be like the hub for all things sports. So if you see a headline, Ben Simmons, you know, 40 point triple double, stock triples. That's what that's what we want. Patrick Mahomes, 500 yards, stock doubles. Anything in the context of sports, we want it to relate to a player's price and your portfolio. So how how can I make money off of this? How should I react? You know, the same way that you would turn on CNBC and, you know, you turn on CNBC today and you hear all about coronavirus and they're showing all the tickers of these manufacturing companies, companies with headquarters in China, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, that's where we that's where we really want to see it go. It's a lot of red right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, how, how would my prediction strike portfolio look compared to my own the last couple oh, of weeks? Lot. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. Imagine. I don't know. This what could be your selling that. point. That that is a selling point. Unfortunately, you know, if you're a Knicks fan like me, your portfolio might not be too hot all the time. But you know, if you're mm-hmm. if you're if you're diversifying, you get into the John Morants and the Zions of the world, you're going to be doing a lot better. But that is like yeah. all jokes aside. Like that, I have heard that from people. That was the 
basic premise of, you know, what we say we started the company for. It was the stock market was down. We were joking about wanting to put all of our money on LeBron. You know, we heard things like this all the time. We finally started it. Um, but it's true. Like your, 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 your mark, your portfolio really, no matter what, would be looking a whole lot better than whatever you have on the stock exchange right now. Mm-hmm. And what's like, I'm curious if you could tell us like almost like a, a user story, uh, like a lot of these gambling companies, right? They'll post like crazy eight like parlay hits, unreal payout, all these different like kind of marketing ploys, right? Uh, what what about you guys on prediction track? Who's been the biggest winner? You mentioned Ja, um, but what's like the user that's made the, if you, you don't have to put an exact number, but ballpark, um, how, how uh, that uh, Yeah. It's, it's happened a few times. Uh, I wish I could give you a, a number and a player. If you scroll through some of these teams, like I know the Warriors are one of them, you go and you see players just at like obscene heights. Now, part of that is because you know we were getting a feel for where these prices should start out, what the formula should be, so everything rolled through from the beta. But you know, people will make upward like double, triple. Some people have made quadruple their money on certain stocks. Um, you know that never that that always changes. Like you're going to see for, for every stock you hit, you're going to miss on one too. But people have people have walked out. You know, especially at an NFL season, whereas some of our NFL users, you know, aren't playing quite as much NBA, where they're walking out with double, triple, quadruple their money. That that's that's always good to see. You know, because if people aren't feeling like they're going to be able to make money, then they're not going to want to come back. So we're always happy to see things like that. Definitely, and it sounds like, you know, we were talking about the coronavirus and how the market's been doing, you know, it sounds like this is kind of recession-proof because, you know, there's always going to be sports. You could always you could always bet on LeBron to do well, but, you know, corona hits, and that really affects everything. But um, Yeah, that's that's, a, that's true, and if you look at uh, gambling throughout the, you know, 2008-2009 recession, gambling never stopped. So, you know, as much as we, like, I'll joke, I'll, say, I'll always say it's recession-proof, too. We're always going to watch LeBron. We're always going to want to watch LeBron play. Uh, that actually is true. Yeah, and transitioning to a little NBA talk, you mentioned you're a Knicks fan, so as usual, it's dark times for you. The Spike Lee drama this week, were you following all that when he went on first take and was <laughs> spilling his soul to the country? Oh, man, I was actually at the game on Monday. It was one of oh, the wow. better, probably the best Knicks game I've ever been to. I mean, I was. it wasn't like great basketball played by either team, so I won't say I was sitting there like watching art be made. But I was loving it, and then the whole Spike Lee thing just absolutely killed me. And like, it's just the Knicks are going to be the Knicks always. You know, we can sit here and argue whether Spike had a point or he didn't, but they just got to get out of their own way. Like, I was really hoping that was the same day Leon Rose came on, and you know, like any like any normal Knicks fan, I'm going to just buy into it and be like, yeah, Leon Rose is going to change everything for us. He's going to rebuild. RJ is going to play great, and he did. And then, of course, no, we don't want to talk about it. We want to talk about Spike Lee not being able to get into his seat. And it just it kills me. It kills me. But yeah, are, you guys, what, are you guys Knicks fans? I'm, I should have asked that earlier. We, uh, we're we both the Lakers fans. Um, so uh, okay. Well, I can't hate we, on that. I can't hate on that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're 
uh, our dad is a Lakers fan. It was magic, and obviously we grew up and couldn't have been more spoiled with the Kobe Shaq era and then later yeah. Kobe and Pow. Um, and it's kind of crazy. I like when the Lakers beat the Bucks on Friday night, and it's obviously been a huge weekend for them. They clinch the playoffs, and they put a number on it. The first time in six years, I was like, Jesus Christ, like that's uh, that's that's a while in Lakerland. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I actually so. I I grew up watching the Lakers, so I have I have an, an affinity for them. All my family are Lakers fans. Um, no one grew up in LA, but the first team I ever watched was was the Lakers. So I got I have some secondary love for them. Not above so my Knicks, but what what do you do to yourself then choosing the Knicks? Just the local uh, team. Child, childhood trauma, man. Some, yeah. Some Char- character <laughs> character building, character building. Uh, I'm a lot yeah. stronger for it. Exactly. <laughs> That's what matters. This 5 a.m. data dumps into Word and then Excel. That'll get you. All because of the Knicks. <laughs> Uh, Uh, So let's So we're going off the odds here from BetOnline.ag Friend of the program here at Blue Wire And full slate So obviously a huge weekend for the Lakers Them and the Bucks are the two favorites Right now at plus 250 The Clippers are plus 350 And then there's a pretty big drop In the odds, Mm -hmm. Celtics 10 to 1 Rockets 12 to 1 Toronto 16 to 1 so, Brad, since you're the guest, I'll kick it to you first here. Um, who's your pick? Who who are you going with uh, uh, to win the finals? Um, and are there any of these guys with lower odds that you're you're interested in? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, my pick, you guys are going to like this, my pick is the Lakers. Um, and that's not just because of Friday. I know after Friday it sounds like a little recency bias. But I think that LeBron and AD pick and roll is the hardest thing to guard in the game. In the, in the playoffs – Giannis can be stopped. I know that's like, – anybody can say that. It's easy to say now. But you wall off that paint. I mean, we've seen it happen. Look, we saw it in the All-Star game too. I know that I'm not trying to use All-Star game as a talking point, but you can defend Giannis, and I want to see it happen. I, like, if I put in Chris Milton and Eric Bledsoe in charge of my playoffs fate, I don't feel too good about that. And I do think that that's going to be the matchup. So when I when it comes down to them, I'm, I'm taking the Lakers. I'm, I'm excited to do so. When I look down at the rest of the teams, I really like the – Actually, I like the Heat a lot, the 25 to 1. You know, I think that I know the Celtics are the second favorite to come out of the East, you know, like you said, by a pretty decent margin. And I don't mind that. I like watching the Celtics a lot. I think they're great. I think their four guard lineup is a ton of fun to watch and they're hard to guard. But love Jimmy Butler, love Bam Adebayo. I think with those two, yeah, I mean, we could talk about their surrounding cast as well. But with those two, you can guard any team. And we saw them do it against the Bucs. If they can do it against the Bucs, Sure, it might go to seven against the Celtics or whoever they might end up uh, facing on the way there. But when it comes down to it, I trust those guys in the playoffs. I trust their defense. I'm excited. I'm excited to see that happen. I actually think those are pretty decent odds for them. I was surprised to see them so low. Yeah, twenty-five to one. I think it is good value. My one issue with them is they're terrible on the road. They're thirteen and nineteen, and right now they're the four seed. They'd play the Pacers in the first round. I think they would have no issues with them. But then obviously they would have to win at least one game in Milwaukee and I don't know if, I don't know you know Jimmy Butler and Bam like you mentioned are both studs but outside of that they're relying on guys like Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson who have been good this year but I don't know once it comes playoff time if those guys are going to keep playing well and I mean I obviously agree with your Lakers pick being biased over here but the past two games have finally kind of convinced me that they are 
the best team. They are capable of winning the title and beating the Clippers in a series, going up against the Bucks. I, like you said, the pick and roll with AD and LeBron is unstoppable, and those guys draw so much attention that a guy like Avery Bradley today could go off for 24 points because he's going to get good looks. Danny Green could get – he didn't even score today, but he's capable mm-hmm. of getting hot in a game. Kuzma still has some potential, so I do like that. Add, and if I'm giving one team, I mean, Cody talks about this a couple weeks ago. I think the Raptors at 16 to 1 are still intriguing. They have the two seed right now in the East, which is huge. They could keep home court over the Celtics, uh, potentially in the second round. And also, they just have experience, and they obviously lost Kawhi, but that team just has like a championship mentality and next man up. And Siakam has taken a step this year. OG's gotten a lot better, and he's healthy. So I think Toronto is capable of beating Milwaukee because of their depth and just their experience from last year. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. love Toronto. They were going to be my pick, too. I want to see how Siakam plays down the stretch in a playoff series. But, I, no, I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah, the the thing that's interesting with them, specifically when it comes to the matchup versus the Bucks, they have so many long wings, right? Siakam, mm-hmm. OG, uh, Gasol in the middle, Abaka, like these guys that are – going to be an issue for Giannis if he's not shooting the ball well, which I, I agree. I think at plus 250, they've had an amazing year, the Bucks, um, but I got to see it in the playoffs, and it's really going to be interesting. I feel like Simmons talks about it on the pod with Rusilla sometimes. Like, it's Giannis, we've, it's been a love affair for him. His entire career kind of came in, was just the long, unproven commodity from, from Greece. He's obviously was last year's MVP probably still going to be the MVP. I know LeBron's getting a lot of love, but it seems like his numbers are just absurd. Um, But at some point, like, the wave of criticism always comes, right? Like, LeBron was under the spotlight. Durant got it in OKC. Like, all these guys that are media darlings until they aren't, like, at some point it's going to come. And, yeah, like Tyler said, on the pod a couple weeks ago, I I was with you, Brad. The Heat is intriguing to me at twenty five to one. The other one I gave out was Toronto, uh, with with Tyler on that front. And it it's interesting to me that the Celtics have uh, such dramatically better odds than the Raptors, ten to one versus sixteen to one. When Toronto, we know what they can do on their home court. We saw it last year, and they have a two and a half game lead um, with not. I mean, less than 20, about 20 games left. Um, the Lakers, we, we joke that, I mean, we don't really, we, I, I said it last time to Tyler, like, I, I the Lakers have had the most impressive weekend you can have in the NBA. They beat the Bucks. they beat yep. the Clippers today, they pick up Deion Waiters, they pick up Markeith Morris, they have all these guys, they have a lot of guys on the team. LeBron. The bottom line is LeBron's playing some of the best basketball we've seen, which I, I think I'm I'm convinced that they could actually do it now. Um, I still think the Clippers are better though. Uh, in a seven game series, Kawhi just until until someone beats him, um, I, it's going to be tough. I I kind of like LeBron and AD. If one of them gets slightly banged up or in foul trouble, the team's in, like, real, real trouble, uh, where the Clippers, I feel like they have more guys. Um, and what's his name? Marcus Morris. He was, he was miserable today. But, yeah, I, 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 I'm still banking on that team when they're firing at all cylinders. Like, they just – they have – they're so deep. That's, uh, that's what I'm thinking. But – so the Clippers are still my pick, but it sounds like I'm the only one here. 
Yeah, I can't. I can't fault you on that. Are you worried? So the, you said uh, you're worried if LeBron or AD gets banged up, and you know, of course, the Lakers are more dependent on those two than the Clippers are on Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, of course. But if one of those two guys gets an injury, I mean, that's a huge blow to them. You're not worried about that quite in the same way. Uh, it's a fair rebuttal. Uh, they haven't been healthy like at all this year. I think this is one of the first games they've lost where they've had all their guys healthy. Um, I think it's a concern for both teams. I think the thing is, we've seen Paul George play in playoff games a lot, right? We've seen what Kawhi's done. We've seen what LeBron's done. AD's this unicorn where a couple years ago, they had the nice run where they won a series in the playoffs. Um, he was like the next up-and-coming thing, and obviously everything that happened last year kind of got put aside. But we... It, he had a huge game today. I think that shows something, but I'm very interested to see him play under the bright lights. I think sometimes in the post he gets bullied a little bit. Um, they're they're going to go as far as he's going to take them, and it's unproven at this point. But I think I think that's a piece of my hesitation, the fact that we haven't seen it from AD yet. Hassan, yeah, I think, was, yeah go ahead, Brad. I, th- I was just going to say, I think that's totally fair. But I also want to give a shout-out to the rest of those guys on that Lakers team because I know you mentioned, you know, quote-unquote, they have a lot of guys, and that's true. Those guys those guys tend to step up. You know, if it's not Danny Green today, you know, it's Avery Bradley. If it's not Avery Bradley, you know, Kuzma hasn't – like Kuzma today even didn't put up a ton of points. I think he had, you know, 8 and 10 at the end of it. But I think what I, what I took away from him is he played some valuable wing defense, which you hadn't seen from him, especially earlier in the season – so those guys start to stack up. I'm, I'm really interested to see how Deion Waiters fits in. I mean, on paper, the best version of Deion Waiters is, is huge for this team. Uh, not sure how that's going to work out, but for for all the credit we give the Clippers for having all this depth, the guys on the Lakers, you know, that we might have laughed at earlier in the season, like they've they've come to play. We could talk about Rajon Rondo. You know, maybe he's not the best fit. Maybe you know Caruso has a better night here and there. But I I have, I have faith in those guys as well. Like when, when it comes to playoff time, I know that. I can be comfortable that, you know, at least one or two of them outside of LeBron and AD are going to come to play. And the sign that was super encouraging today was they were losing at half. They come out in the third quarter. They outscore the Clippers by eight, take the lead. And a lot of it was with LeBron on the bench and AD being the guy. And he he's so great on offense, obviously, but his effect on defense is so underrated, I feel like, still at this point in his career. He was guarding Kawhi on certain possessions. He's flying all over the place, blocking shots affecting shots like the guy's a beast and like you said brad you know we laugh at kcp dwight howard rondo caruso but collectively they come to play and i think the bench is better than we may have given credit for just because the names are kind of funny like javel mcgee who was on shacking a fool all his career he gives them good minutes and he gives them good energy and something that is super important i think for this lakers team not to say the clippers don't have it but I think the Lakers as a team have great chemistry. We've heard multiple guys say it this year. Danny Green said this is the most fun he's ever had on a team. That's a guy who's won two championships. Um, Jared Dudley told Zach Lowe last week that Ronda was, or um, sorry, Frank Vogel is one of the best coaches he's ever had and how he is great at like pumping the team up. Like These aren't things you'd expect, especially when it's a LeBron team. It's all about LeBron and how him and the coach are feuding. We haven't had that this year. If you go back to the beginning of the year, everyone thought they were going to fire Vogel and just put Jason Kidd in. Um, and that, that hasn't been a storyline. Mm-hmm. So I think this team has a great chemistry, and you could see how they're always pulling for each other. And Caruso, who played well the other night versus the Bucks, he only played seven minutes, didn't score. Some guys would, you know, sulk on the bench. He's cheering and, you know, encouraging everyone. So 
it sounds corny, but the chemistry of the Lakers, I think, is a huge advantage. No, I, I, I 100% agree. And I'll, I'll say one more thing on that, too. If you had asked pretty much anybody, you know, especially I would, I, I can admit I would have said the same thing six months ago, what's my fault with this Lakers team? Well, okay, well, nobody can really guard Kawhi down the stretch. And these past couple of weeks, and especially this weekend, LeBron has proven that he still can do that. You know, he, when he wants to turn on the wing defense, man on man, he still can do that. You know, maybe he's not going to do it four quarters, but, you know, you can buy enough time from KCP, Danny Green, Kuzma, Morris on Kawhi and Paul George, and then when LeBron needs to, he still he showed today he still can. Mm-hmm. The thing that's crazy is that this Lakers team, I mean, they're probably going to win at least 60 games here. They're legitimately, for uh, major stretches of this season, their third best player consistently has been Dwight Howard. Like, it's <laughs> it's 2020, the Lakers have LeBron James and Dwight Howard. They're about to be the one seed. Uh, it, it keeps us, like Kobe stands, kind of in this bizarre world of, like, what are we supposed to do here? Um, but it's it's been... It's going to be fun. I'm at this point of the NBA season. I'm just I'm ready for the playoffs to get started here. I think the the own, the big chatter now will be uh, can can Zion lead lead them to the playoffs, uh, and then whatever's going to happen with this MVP race, which it felt like a little bit manufactured by ESPN to get people ratings jived up for the. Lakers Bucks and then obviously this Sunday as well um so we'll I don't know we'll see what happens there so you two guys are on the Lakers I'm still riding uh with the Clippers if I have to choose one here um but Brad this has been great thank you for joining us uh explaining to Full Slate Nation what uh what's going on with Prediction Strike and where can uh where can our listeners find you and and just the website URL etc yeah, so you can find the website just simply predictionstrike.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, predict, at predictionstrike, same thing, Instagram, predictionstrike, um, all the way across the board. My my handle is right in there with all of that. Um, you know, if anybody – I get it. People have questions about this. It's a new concept. I'm always happy to answer those. So you can find me just at brad at predictionstrike.com as well. Um, just, you know, I want to be as helpful as possible. You know, I love talking to everybody. If, I love talking to you guys about this. I love talking to users about, you know, their experience on the platform, everything else. So, yeah, I mean, I really appreciate this. This is actually a lot of fun. You know, aside from Prediction Strike, just talking basketball with you guys is a good time, too. So, really, really appreciate it. The holidays are almost here, and you know what that means. Gifts. And what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Unlike most brands, untucked shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked. Untucked shirts always fall at just the right length, no matter his size. So he looks casual and sharp. You can find your favorite Untucked style online or check out one of their 80 brick-and-mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untucked, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to help you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untucket is the way to go. Visit Untucket.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's Untucket.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. And thanks again to Brad for joining the podcast. It was a lot of fun learning more about Prediction Strike. 
talking a little NBA, and one of the best takeaways I got from it, Cody, was prediction strike is immune from coronavirus. Yeah, confirmed, which I saw on Twitter uh, post-interview <laughs> post that Darren Ravel said that futures are down 1,000 points. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's a great selling point for prediction strike right now as a uh, as a way to diversify your investments, but... Yeah, thanks to Brad. That was great. Uh, but, Tyler, we had uh, a massive IU game yesterday. Uh, the Big Ten regular season is done. IU needed, could have really used that win at home versus the Badgers at home on senior day for Devonte, John Davis. I sprinkled a little on IU minus two and a half. I convinced myself that Devonte is going to go off. Um, and we do what we do versus Wisconsin. I think I think that's that's a good starting point here. So you were in Vegas, Tyler. So where'd you watch this game? I watched it in the Caesars Sportsbook. Um, and I don't know if you've been to Vegas, Cody. I don't know if you've experienced the same thing. But watching the Sportsbook is actually, maybe it's just the Caesars one. It wasn't enjoyable. It was so hot in this sports book, and with all the TV screens and all the lights they have, you're just, like, burning up. You, like, feel like you're sitting in a sauna and tacked on to just being in Vegas and all that goes on there. You just, like, feel like crap sitting in there. So I honestly did not enjoy uh, this, and maybe partially because of the IU game, the way that went, but it was kind of uncomfortable to sit there. I don't know if all the sports books are like that or it was just Caesars. But or maybe like you're you over. No, I mean, it was, it was, it was all, pretty early, this game in Vegas. It was all the time I was in there. It was, it was hot, and other people had the same opinion, so it wasn't just me. Um, but, yeah, this game this game went as expected. I bet on IU also because I'm an idiot. Um, and it's just so infuriating. You know, they win the game yesterday. That locks up their tournament, you know, case they're in. They would have 20 wins, six ranked wins, six wins over ranked teams, seven quad one wins. The resume speaks for itself, and they're still in a position to get in. I think if they, as long as they take care of business on Wednesday versus Nebraska, they're fine. They'll have 20 wins in arguably the best conference in college basketball this year. But it's just so frustrating that they put themselves in this position. And then Archie goes on his rant yesterday after the game, attacking Joe Lenardi and all people who do bracketology. It made no sense. Yeah. Does, does he realize that Lenardi doesn't Poor actually timing. pick the bracket? Well, yeah, well, that plus, like, let's not shit on everyone that is has us penciled into the tournament right now. <laughs> like, let's, and, let's, not, let's not go at that group of people. That's not a productive use of your frustrations. And you could, you could, like, try to, like, pump up your resume in the case, which they do have a strong one on paper, and they should get in. But you're putting yourself in a position where you have to do this. So don't lash out at Joe Lenardi, who's done nothing to you. Like, it just is childish. It was a bad look for him. And it just continues. It, you, you could tell Archie's lashing out because he's feeling the pressure that if this team misses the tournament, I don't think he's going to get fired this year. But it starts to build going into next year that next year is kind of a make-or-break year. And it's... What we said all along about this team, they are mentally soft. And you look at a team like Wisconsin, who a few weeks ago looked like they were dead in the water. They had a couple players leave the program. They had some issues on their coaching staff. Looked like they were falling apart. And what did they do? They come together, win eight straight games, and have the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament. And I can't stand Wisconsin. 
it makes me sick. But you know what? They're mentally tough team. They deserve a lot of credit. And when adversity hits, they punch back. When adversity hits Indiana, they crater every time. So as much as we can't stand Wisconsin, you have to give them a ton of credit because you look at the talent compared us to them or them to a lot of the teams in the Big Ten, they're middle of the pack as far as talent goes, but they play smart, they play hard, and that's just the team that I wish we had, so that's probably why it frustrates me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a lot out of jealousy. They've owned us. Last year we beat them, what was it, a double overtime game? But like besides <laughs> that, we hadn't, we hadn't beaten them in so long. This year we laid a dud at Wisconsin, and then this game, I mean, we get off to a good start. Devontae is 16 points in the first half. Like, oh my, like, we're actually going to get hot, Devontae. Is this is this really going to happen? Um, and I was at uh, me- Medieval Times in Northern Jersey for a friend's birthday party. So I was streaming this on my phone. Is your friend like on. 14? Uh, seven. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and uh, we... I was watching the last like nine minutes on my phone, so I obviously got to see the the full IU experience. We were up seven with un- under seven minutes to go. At that point, Wisconsin scored 12 straight points. They forced 12 misses in a row from us, and that was that. Um, and it, it was really just a perfect uh, encaps- encapsulation of Devontae Green's career at IU. The first half, he looks great. He goes off for 16. Uh, the crowd's into it. Deron Davis is diving on the ground for loose balls. Like it's like wow, this is awesome. We're actually gonna like end end uh, on a positive note here on senior night, which feels like it never happens. Like Tyler, when I went out to visit you, Yogi senior year versus Maryland, that was an awesome one. But feels like we have a tough time around the senior night. Um, and and we just continue to miss shots. I mean, if you look at the box score, we sh- we shoot about 35% from the field. We shoot 40% from three, which is baffling. Of course, we don't shoot above 70% from the free throw line. But at the end of the day here, this was not necessarily a must win, but kind of, because even if we do beat Nebraska, we're still... We still have a lot of uh, exposure and liability to some of these bid stealers from some of the mid-major or... Like, if if a random team wins the 8-10 that's not Dayton or not another team that's slotted in, we're going to be one of the first teams that gets screwed. We're the last four in right now for Joe Lenardi. And the thing I can't get over here, Trace Jackson Davis, far and away our best player. Everyone in the world knows this. In a must-win game at home, he only gets eight shot attempts. How is this hap- How does this continue to happen? Um, and it, it's it just leaves us with much to be desired. And I don't I don't know why I just don't know why we care about this team. But uh, minus two and a half was feeling good until it wasn't. Yeah, I mean Trace he didn't play well. He was two of eight from the field. He had a couple just I think mind lapses on defense where he didn't help and they got buckets off of that. He didn't play his best game, but I still think he should get the ball when it comes down to it at the end of the game. And this team just doesn't have a killer instinct. They can't put teams away. Like you said, they're up seven. It's what we saw in the Maryland game. It's what we saw in the Arkansas game earlier in non-conference. It's just don't have that killer instinct. They go so flat on offense. They scored one field goal in the last 10 minutes at home. How does that possibly happen? That makes no sense. So it's all frustrating. So now they're they're slated as the 11 seed playing on that Wednesday, which you don't want to do in the Big Ten tournament. But let's move over to the conference tourney as a whole. I mean, I think a lot, I would say the top 
11 teams are all capable of winning multiple games in it. I, I don't think Indiana can win at all, but I think, you know, a team like Purdue at 10, you know, they could get, they could beat Ohio State, they could be Michigan State. So I think it's really up for grabs. So who's a team, Cody, you like? Um, maybe that's a lower seed that you think can make a run. Um, when we spoke about it a couple weeks ago, I said Michigan. I still do feel pretty good about them. They fought in the second half, but they didn't look great versus Maryland. But if we're looking at lower seeds, um, I, I'm intrigued by Ohio State at seven. Um, they lost today uh, at Michigan State. Cassius Winston senior night. You're probably you're not going to win that one. I definitely should have bet on Michigan State there. Um, but I, I like the talent they have. Uh, they had uh, DJ Carton left and due to mental health reasons. But Weeson's there. They were a top 10 team early in the season um, and rolling through people. They kind of hit a road bump like a lot of these teams have in the Big Ten. Um, I, I like the coach. I like Chris Holtman. And I, I think I think they have uh, a real shot to, to make a run. The thing that bothers me about them is that they'll have to play Michigan State in the second round. But what you find with these tournaments, conference tournaments, like if you win a game or two and you get hot, then like all bets are off for the weekend. Um, so we've seen them take down top teams. So I'm intrigued by Ohio State and Michigan are kind of the two. Uh, what about you, Tyler? Yeah, and I think something to bring up that has been such a point all year with the Big Ten is teams in the Big Ten are great at home and awful on the road. So this being a neutral site thing, I don't think the seeds hold as much power. Um and the team I just mentioned, Purdue, so going against Ohio State, will have that first game. I think they're definitely capable of making a run and even winning it. They're so good defensively, and you look at their resume, they have like they have like a top twenty seat, top twenty team resume with their wins. They have some bad losses and they've been inconsistent, but if they could put it together. I think they are capable of making a run and. I don't know what odds you'd get on them, but they'd be pretty good to win the Big Ten tournament because I think Ohio State, they match up with pretty well. And then Michigan State has been hot, um, but like you said, in one game, anything could happen. And another team who, I mean, does have a double bye, but I do like watching them, Illinois. They just play with such a great energy, and that they play really hard. Desumu's a beast. Kofi Coburn is a monster inside, like, mm-hmm. They're they're def- they're gonna probably play Iowa again, who they just beat today, and I think they would beat them again. Iowa plays no defense, um, so I like Illinois. I really like Brad Underwood. I think he's a great coach, and if they get to play Wisconsin in the semifinals, I feel pretty good. They beat them earlier this year at Illinois, and they just they have a swagger about them that I think could carry them pretty far. Mm-hmm. And even just watching Maryland earlier today, uh, that team has so much talent. Like they're they're the I think they're far and away the most talented team in the Big Ten. Like on paper, the games speak for themselves. But Cowan is it's just a great like you want these kind of experienced guards come March. They have that. Jalen Smith is a beast um, in in the middle, and then they have other guys like Ayala is hitting threes. Wiggins is a good young player. Um, so they kind of have the pieces around Smith, uh, the guards that, that you want come March. And really the issue here is, Tyler, being an IU fan looking at this bracket, Nebraska sucks, but who knows. The Big Ten tournament, we've like in my uh, time as an IU fan, we've never went on a run. Um, but the, the trick you play uh, 
for yourself, the mind games you play when you're like looking at the bracket, you're like, mm, okay, Nebraska, we could do that. Penn State, okay, we've beaten them. Lamar Stevens is great, but like this thing's in Indy, and that could really solidify our our our, our shot. And then you're like, okay, Maryland. Oh, I mean, we probably should have beat them at home. So mm-hmm. then then your your mind your mind starts doing this, right? And then Michigan State, oh, we've beaten them too. Okay, right. Uh, like that's the thing with this Big Ten tournament. It's gonna be an absolute bloodbath. Um, like I think you could easily see. Uh, one one of these eight or lower seeds, nine or lower seeds in in the championship. Like I don't I don't think that would surprise anyone. Yeah, I definitely think it's possible for Indiana. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I I assume they'll beat Nebraska on Wednesday. That's not a given, but I think they will. But they'll lose to Penn State like sixty five to fifty eight, and they'll be a very frustrating game. They're just in tournaments like this. You need great guard play. You need great coaching and short window. So, you know, you win Wednesday, you play again Thursday. You win Thursday, you play again Friday. And you just need that mental toughness. And IU doesn't have any of those three things. So they are not a team that would be slated to make a deep run. Um, just the thing that irritates me about, they're so soft. Like I said earlier, whenever adversity hits them, they crater. Devontae Green and Jerron Davis, the two seniors on the team, they're in jeopardy of becoming, like, the first four-year players to never make the NCAA tournament since, like, in the 70s. Like, you'd think that would be a reason for motivation for them to play hard. Archie threw his tantrum in the media again this week. Maybe that gets them motivated. Like, something at some point hopefully wakes his team up, but I'm so done. Like, I want them to make March Madness, but I also just kind of want to be done watching them, so I'm definitely in a pickle. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's all of us. You speak for all of IU Nation with those thoughts, but yeah, I I, I just want to go on a run in one of these Big Ten tournaments. Like it seems so fun. Just like okay, you win, awesome, you play again tomorrow, um, and like to just have it would it would be amazing. But um, we'll see. We shall see what happens. But uh, Tyler, you have you have anything else you want to uh, you want to speak about? No, I think I'm good. I need to rest up for my weekend in Vegas. But other than that, just love excited. Is blind. For... Oh, love it. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm three episodes in. You finished it. Okay. Though, right? Yeah. When you when you get done, we'll talk. Um. But if you had to three episodes in, if you had to bet on who's the favorite to actually last, who's who's the leader in the clubhouse? I'd say right now is um Barnett and Amber. I, I like them. Outside of that, I, t- I tweeted it the other night after I watched, I think, the first episode and a half on my flight to Vegas. I hate all of them, but I also love it. Like, uh, Jessica's terrible. I think Alex tweeted that at me, that he hates her. Um, but, yeah, I just I kind of hate all of them at the same time loving it. So I would say right now I have Amber and Barnett. Okay, sounds good. So once once you catch up, we can talk about it some more. Uh, but until then, go Hoosiers. Uh, go check out Prediction Strike. And, uh, yeah, best of luck, Tyler, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow at work, post-Vegas.